And I think uh, I think the key to survival for any parent is just a a real lack of introspection. You don't think about it until long after it's over. Because if you thought about it beforehand, none of us would do it. We would we would all stop reproducing, and the human race would come to an end. Ostrich attacks, accidental time travel, and anything else that might happen on an average Tuesday. In case you're wondering, that wasn't just me having one of those weird migraines where you start stringing together random incoherent words. It's actually the title of a book by the likes of none other than our very special guest today, who, for reasons unknown to me, has decided to return to the Isle of Misfits and grace us with his wit and, dare I say, wisdom. His name is James Breakwell. You might remember him from a conversation we had about a year ago to talk about his last epic book, which was called Bare Minimum Parenting. And I'm so very thrilled to have him back again to talk about the ostriches, the time travel and whatnot. So welcome back, James. Thank you. I am excited to be back on the island of misfits. I, th- I can't imagine any place I belong more. So, yeah, and that really was my question. Why Why are you here anyway? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless self-promotion knows no bounds. But also, also, I had a lot of fun in our conversation last year. So two reasons. Well, I'm so glad because I did too. And that's exactly why I wanted you back. Like, I, you know, this, this is, uh, it's high praise coming from me. Who, you know, who am I? But I don't do this often. But your book made me LOL, and I don't even like saying LOL. But I'm saying <laughs> I just, I just did it, and this, this new one, no exception. So needed to have you back, and need to talk about this book, the whole ostrich thing, the whole, you know, the whole gamut. And we're gonna do that. But I think you might remember last time you were here, I made you play a stupid game. I do remember that. He does. He's traumatized by it, and yet he's still <laughs> here. That's the beauty of it. So here's what we're going to do this time. And I actually gave this a lot of thought as I do all of my stupid games. And the best idea I could come up with was to scrap the whole stupid game idea and instead ask you to tell our listeners the nutshell version of a little story about a grizzly bear. And that's all I'm going to say. The rest is up to you. <laughs> so many years ago, about seven years ago, I, I, I'm the oldest of seven kids and the next brother down for me, he, ha- he came up with an idea. Uh, there was another wedding and we, he came up with the idea that we were going to buy a giant taxidermy bear as a joke wedding gift. Well, and the, who wouldn't? The whole, I mean, who wouldn't want yeah. that? I mean, it's it's perfect. It's it's you know, I mean, I'm surprised more people don't register for those, honestly. And the whole thing fell apart, and uh, my brother Harry ended up throwing all the blame back on me, and I kind of went down with the ship. But I vowed that if he ever got married, he was going to get a giant taxidermy bear as a wedding gift. So flash forward seven years, by some miracle, uh, Harry actually meets a girl. They fall in love, and they're going to get married. So you know, and he's not even thinking about the bear at this point, but I am, because you know, revenge takes a long long time. So I, uh, I kicked this plan into motion and, uh, I have to enlist so much help. I have to borrow my mom's van. I find a bear. I mean, every step of this, I, I should say this up front. Like I've got an email list with a lot of people on it. And I know for a fact that Harry,
Mary doesn't follow any facet of my life on the internet. So as I'm going through these steps of acquiring the bear, I am sharing this story step by step with thousands and thousands of people. And like, how does he not know what you're doing? It's like, you don't understand the wall of apathy we have here. So I, I go in great detail. Beautiful. I have to drive up, I, I drive up to Northern Michigan in a single day and I grab a bear and I go racing across the state back down. And my wife won't let me hide the bear in our house because the wedding's still months away. So I have to hide it in my friend Seth's house in Illinois. And I promise him, oh, you won't even notice the seven foot bear. It's no big deal. We'll stick it in a back bedroom. And it's so big, it won't fit down his hall. So we have to stick it in his living room. And for four months, it's just staring over his shoulder. But I just didn't, I didn't want to give my brother just any bear. It had to be a no. fancy bear worthy of a wedding. So uh, so we went and uh, my mom helped with this. We, we dressed it up in a vest and it had, a, it had a cufflinks. It had a fancy hat. It had a watch. It had a cane. I mean, it was decked out. And then for the, the piece de resistance, my sister Sasha is very good at wrapping things. And I wanted to wrap this bear up, but it couldn't just be like a blob wrapping job. It needed to be very clear when you looked at it that this couldn't be anything other than a bear. So she came out for an hour or two and she wrapped it all up. And I'm, I'm skipping about a thousand steps here. I mean, there were, there were like hundreds of hours that went into this. And at the end, uh, I had to get this out to the reception hall and it came down to the wire that my brother was right behind me in his vehicle and I was speeding ahead of him. I had to be very clandestine all weekend to make sure he wasn't tipped off to my motions. And uh, I beat him to the wedding uh, venue by about two minutes and got the bear inside and we stuck it in the utility closet and got it all bundled up. And then I gave my best man speech an hour later. And at the end of my best man speech, we wheeled out the bear. And uh, I, I, I put that speech on the on the email thread, too, there. I actually, uh, after six months of buildup, there was no way I couldn't go through with it. And luckily, somehow, to the very last second, it stayed a surprise. Uh, he tore, tore it off, and he fell in love. Now, mind you, the bear is still in my house. He was moving around from military base to military base. He just bought a house, so we're working on the logistics of getting it from here to there. But as of right now, the bear is currently looking over my shoulder. And I'm well, going hard. to be... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be very, very sad to give it up. It's hard to let go. You've oh, been yeah. through so much together, really. I, I told my wife, I'm like, when it goes, I'm going to have to get a big picture of it printed. She's like, why are you going to get a picture of Harry's bear? It's like, no, it's it's my bear, yeah. too. It's always going to be my bear in my heart. Oh, I think I think you're going to get a, a replacement bear, I think. Yeah. I, I would be on board with that. It might end my marriage. I mean, it took... Yes, don't tell your wife I said that. Yeah, it is. You know how hard it was to talk her into one seven-foot bear? Yeah, like, I yeah. pulled off the impossible yeah. task of husbanding there. Yeah, well, you know, it's the classic rebound bear story. So I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, but that's exactly what I'm going to call it now. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so I know because, you know, this was, I did, I followed this ongoing saga along with the throngs of other people that, you know, follow your weekly newsletters, which I'm going to shamelessly plug later on um, because, yeah, it's just, it's just that good. So, it, yeah, we, we, we need to know these things. This it was a feel good story. It just lifted our spirits. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it was it was a victory for humanity and a defeat for weddings everywhere. I like to think so. So, so I don't know. When, when we played this game last year, my, the stupid game, not that this is not equating your story to a stupid <laughs> game, by the way. Now, I can't remember. Did I award you with an Isle of Misfits mug? I because of, do not believe I got a mug. All right. Okay, okay, well, this time around, my friend, you get a mug. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, so we'll settle all that later. But so, all right, 
love the story, but there's more to talk about here. So, all right, what's the deal with the with with the ostriches, with the you know, with the time travel? What what's the deal with this title of your book? So it's kind of a spiritual successor to my first book. For my first book, I didn't want to just write a traditional parenting guide. So I wrote a parenting guide to the zombie apocalypse. And then uh, my second book was a guide on how to raise kids while being as lazy as possible. And then my third book, I wanted to kind of work. Yeah, I, I kind of went back to the first concept. It was like, okay, we I showed how to parent in one extreme scenario, the zombie apocalypse. But there's so many other extreme scenarios because kids go out there and they find danger where there isn't any. So what do you do if your kid gets attacked by a bear? What do you do if your kid gets thrown back in time to the Cretaceous period? What do you do if your kid gets sucked into a book like Moby Dick? Like I just I went through every absurd scenario I could think of and then thought through logically step by step how would you save your child in this situation? And I had entirely too much fun writing this book. I actually ended up, I went way over the, <laughs> the word count my uh, my publisher wanted. They ended up, ended up making me uh, cut a chapter, and so I, I included that as bonus content for people who pre-order, uh, but it was just a blast to write. I don't know if it will actually keep anybody alive, but uh, maybe it will make them laugh on the way to their deaths, and that, that's okay, too. So, and you covered it all, really. Well, you know, I mean, everything from, you know, surviving, uh, of course, the bears have to be there. They were they were right up front. Yeah, but bears, butterflies, geese, uh, you know, geese. I, I, I hear you. I was proud of this book just, yeah. just to see the things I could get in print. Like, I'm to the point where a publisher is going to trust me. Like, I need to write a chapter on how to survive butterfly attacks. And they're like... Okay, we're not going to stop you. <laughs> I do not deserve this much trust. I don't you, at all. <laughs> they gave you license, man. That says something. <laughs> so you have arrived. So I'm catching, you know, that theme, you know, surviving parenthood. Okay, so how keeping keeping your kid alive in a variety of situations, most of which are are ridiculous. But you know, and the thing I love about your books, the ones that I've read thus far, is that. <laughs> You seem to be the author of parenting books for people who hate parenting books. And I personally have great respect for that. You would think I'd be really be limiting my market there, a parenting book for people who don't buy parenting books, but it's it's worked right. out pretty well so far. There are a lot of us. I would say we might be in the majority because I think we all get tired of books that say you're doing it wrong. Here's how to do better. And my books are kind of like, you know what? You're pretty great already. Here's a refresher in case of shark attacks. And I, I think that's a, a place we're all much more comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, and it's needed because, you know, and even if it's not needed today, you never know when, a, you know, not a, that's just a shark, but a <laughs> butterfly or a musical might attack your life. That was I, I have to say that was probably my personal favorite section uh, yeah. getting stuck in a real life musical. <laughs> please talk. Please talk more about that, please. I, I that was one section I was like, did I go too far this time? Oh, Is no. this where I crossed the line? And I did not. I put it in there, and they didn't stop me. I just, it, I actually one of the, my greatest joys in life is when I send this stuff off to my editor, and an actual professional has to sit there and question the logic of all these things. So the musical one didn't get challenged at all. My editor thought, you know what, this is personally perfectly reasonable. If you get trapped in a real life musical with your child, these are the steps you take to survive. That's what you do. But the, the things that like they were pushed back on were just so weird. They were conversations you wouldn't think you'd ever have with another human being. Like there was one, there's one section where you go back in time and fight a T-Rex. And I talk about arm wrestling the T-Rex on a sawed off tree stump. And my editor comes I mean, back and says, you know what? There wouldn't be any saws. This is the Cretaceous period. And I'm well, just <laughs> hello. Has anyone seen Jurassic Park? I, I think it's perfectly logical. We need, we need to know because, yeah. you know, as Jeff Goldblum said, they were so busy 
So preoccupied with, could we do it? They never stopped to ask, should we do it? I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of it. So we need, we need to know. <laughs> and yeah, it was just weird to find these these intersections of logic. It's like, all right, I guess we'll have to arm wrestle this uh, this T Rex on a rock to make it make sense. Like, okay, this is where we're at now with our conversations. And I think I I, I think my editor probably had a good drink after that. As and a well earned drink, I'm sure it was. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I I have to. I'm sorry, I do have to go back to the musicals for just for a second <laughs> because personal personally. That is a dream of mine to get stuck really? in a real life musical. You know, but I get it. You know, one man's fantasy is another man's nightmare. So, um, I just, I just, uh, can I just, can I just read you your own words? Go Would you for be okay it. with that? Yes. <laughs> I, just, I pulled this cry. I just love it. If you're queued up for the reality show, the singing will be sad, desperate, and off key. But if you're living in a musical, the singing will be menacingly harmonious. There are other ways to tell if you're in the middle of a musical apocalypse. Do total strangers resolve their conflicts with perfectly timed song and dance numbers? Are everyone's faces heavily caked with stage makeup? Are people projecting their voices with unnecessarily, with unnecessary volume toward an unseen audience? It just goes on. This, this to me, is the dream of my life. I just want you to know. So... You know, did it you, spoke to my heart. Did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I, you know what, I did not, but I know of it. I've seen. There's, there's an episode where they they try to kill everybody with a musical that erupts, and they, that that section kind of reminded me of that. It just uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think you might be in the minority saying that uh, that that's your dream. I know what <laughs> I, I, I my my wife loves show tunes, and I watch, and I think, how could you live your life like this? This just seems like a horrible existence. Uh, but for some people, that's joy, I guess. Yeah, you know, and Scrubs. I don't, are you familiar with that show? They did I a have musical. Seen Scrubs, yes. Yeah, so there was a musical episode of Scrubs, which was to me pure magic. So, <laughs> but but I digress. I'll have to branch out. Maybe my next book will have to be an opera. I'll <laughs> I need to hire a music coordinator if you if you want the job. A rock opera. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. I will. I will. I will send you my CV, and you yes. <laughs> Please, please. So, all right, and that's just what I mean. So, yeah, we go from T-Rex to geese to butterflies to musicals, birthday parties, uh, play dates, uh, neighborhood cookouts. Like, you cover it all. Did you have a favorite section? I think, you know, that, that's a tough question. I think my favorite section in the whole book is probably right at the start with the bears. I was I was really partial to the bears. Really? Surprise, I was, I, surprise. Yeah, I wrote that, uh, or at least I was editing it. And I was in the throes of the bear scheme, and I really I really got into it. Um, I also liked uh, geese. I, I I have a thing. I'm not a fan of birds, and geese have bothered me all my life. They're always around there, and just a chance to really give it to geese and have them not be able to give it back to me. I, that was very satisfying. Now I'm sure some goose is going to read this book and, and seek revenge, but uh, but for oh now, yeah, like, you I'm, will be sued for libel. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I, I pulled a quote out there because this I, I love this as, uh, as well. Goose is basically a mean turkey with a head mounted on a feather snake. <laughs> that was just that was poetic. That just almost made me cry. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. And um, what else? Oh, I want to hear a little more about um, I, I sense maybe some some bitter life experience with Black Friday sales. Talk to talk to us a little bit about that. I know, you know we're all over the map. 
I have never had a personal bad experience with Black Friday sales because I do my Black Friday shopping like way late, like 12 hours after the crowds have gone through. Oh, so if, yeah, that's not a true Black Friday sale then, my friend. No. Yes. You I, don't even know. You yeah, don't I know went the through pain. when it was safe yeah. and I went for something nobody else oh, yeah. wanted. But like my mom is a hardcore Black Friday shopper, so much so that we don't have Thanksgiving actually on Thanksgiving because if we're all spending the night at her house, that's going to interfere with the shopping. Like for her, that's a sport. So she's been out there fighting it uh, in, you know, elbow to elbow oh, over yeah. this stuff. My brothers actually, uh, one year, they went to a Black Friday sale and uh, one of the one who's an Air Force pilot now, Harry, who, who's getting the bear, on the way back from that, he fell asleep in his minivan and spun it around the media. And I mentioned that in the best man story. So he, he nearly died coming back from a Black Friday sale. So there there is some family history there. But did he get the big screen TV? He did get the big screen TV. You, you focused on what's important. I, I exactly. That. Then it was all worth it. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's a sport indeed. It's a it's a contact sport for sure. I avoided them for years. I think I went once or twice with a sister or two, and um, yeah, that was it. Was it was a social? It was a social experiment, and um, I could say. I, been there, done that, and I enjoy watching humanity at each other's throats. I guess I don't know what that <laughs> says about me, but but yeah. And then and then your section about boy band concerts, surviving that. Um, yeah. So now your kids, if I if I'm following you correctly, they seem a little a little young to be into the boy bands yet. But may, but what do I know? Are my, they so? Are my they there yet? year old is starting to have teenage interests, and it scares me. She watches I, like all of a sudden she stopped watching cartoons, and it was all the like quasi teen preteen dramas on Disney. And all of a sudden she's got musical preferences, and they're bands I've never heard of, and it, it's all very oh, alarming. Yeah. And it happens fast. And when one kid starts oh, yeah. listening, it, it goes straight down to all the other kids. It's and all downhill from here. Yeah, it just is. So you know. Yeah, yeah, and and um. They, they watch, you know, the, the biggest thing, it's not even the boy bands yet that gets me. If I'm honest, and I didn't do a section on there, the thing that bothers me the most is YouTube uh, people. Uh, and part of it is jealousy that they're able to make a living being so awful. And part of it is it's just terrible content. Like, I remember when my dad briefly banned me from watching The Simpsons growing up, so he just didn't understand it at all. And now I feel like I go through the exact same thing every time my kids watch some new, like, YouTube quote-unquote star. And it's just some kid, like, playing with a toy that my kids already own. That drives me crazy. And, uh, uh, boy bands will be just the next manifestation of that. I mean, they do watch some people who just sing on YouTube and do that stuff. I just, I didn't think I'd feel this old this fast, but it's here and I'm basically a grandfather. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're just, you're just going to get older by the second. So you know, <laughs> I won't, I won't ruin it for you. I'll let you. I, I, I appreciate no, the encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> no spoiler alerts. Yes. I have, I have a daughter. She's 17 now. So oh. yeah. So yeah. So I can, I can tell you everything right up until 17 and then I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, so this is dating me a bit, but I remember back before I had kids, but my sisters had kids. Um, this is going back to like the Barney phase, which you mercifully, hopefully have been spared because <laughs> I think Barney is out. But yeah, yeah. So my policy, like like your dad with the symptoms, symptoms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to edit that out with the Simpsons. Um yeah, we were a Barney free zone. Just I just couldn't couldn't do it for no moral reasons. It was just so insipid. I I just was losing brain matter every time it was well, on. Our our kids' generation had an even worse show, and that was Caillou, and that's like Barney. Oh on yeah, like, yes, I know Caillou. Oh, he's like annoying. They, they yeah. wanted to make him like realistic. Like let's show a kid whining. It's like my kids know how yeah. to whine. They've mastered that yeah. skill. They don't need a refresher course. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the reinforcement. So yeah, yeah so I think. 
you could have a bonus chapter just on Caillou. I'm surprised you didn't include him. Yeah, Caillou, I I worked him into my introduction for the zombie book. Like, he belonged in the same category as the zombie apocalypse. That's that's how highly I regard Caillou. You're right. You're right. It's okay. I have to now this I have to admit your confessions. I have not read your zombie book. So I, <laughs> I have to go back to that. So does Word Girl get a shout out? Because actually, that's really clever. I don't know if you ever saw Word Girl, but I have never I, I'm not familiar with Word Girl. That's a new one for me. That's a great that is a PBS kids show. And she fights uh, villains with a superior vocabulary. So you got to respect that. So wow, yeah. yeah, as only PBS can. <laughs> so but back to you and your book. So, so, he, so here's the thing. I kept searching for the accidental wisdom in this one, like in Bare Minimum Parenting. And then I realized at some point, oh, maybe it was an accident. Um, <laughs> this, this one. And actually, I'm, I'm joking, of course. But, that, you know, but then I realized, you know what, that's okay. Because sometimes we just have to laugh, right? Especially when everyone's taking everything so seriously these days. The world is just full of dangers. But if we cannot laugh at the ridiculousness of what's out there, you know, and not to mention laugh at ourselves, then I guess we really are just surviving. Yeah, the uh, the bare minimum parenting book, it really started out as a joke. Let's see how lazy we can be. And it accidentally proved a point that, hey, you know what? Actually, doing less is better for your kids than being an overbearing parent. This right. one, I guess the overall theme is that uh, maybe you don't need to be such an overprotective parent because literally everything can kill your child. And I went to the right. most extreme of extremes to things people probably don't worry about. I, I doubt there's really that many parents out there worrying about shark attacks. Uh, but there are parents out there worried about, you know, things with car seats and, and grass and trees and any, anything you can think of. If you Google it, there's somebody out there telling you that that thing's going to kill your kids. And and if you were to get an overall theme for this book, it's like, you know what? You don't really you don't really need to worry about this stuff because you're pretty great at keeping your kid alive the way it is. I think I think you'll be just fine. But yeah, it's definitely it, it does not have as much of an overall theme as the bare minimum parenting book. This one is just uh, lighthearted, fast paced fun. And I really wanted to uh, compartmentalize it with the uh, with the zombie book. It was, you know, 200 pages on one topic and all had to flow together thematically and i was like no this one this one's just going to be crazy we're going to put out the weirdest idea i possibly can i'm going to write about it for a thousand words and i'm going to go to another completely different idea and write about it for a thousand words and we're going to see how weird and funny we can get and I, I think the experiment worked out yeah yeah you know and seriously like i i know i i kid about you know this the accidental wisdom but like you just said they're really in the absurdity of all the things you know all the things that there are to be afraid of I love your style because, yeah, it's ridiculous, it's absurd, it's it's very well written, it's very funny. And again, I know, I'm no one, but I am a harsh critic. And <laughs> I, think, I think that in itself uh, just bears witness to the fact that, like, you know, in this day and age when we are taking ourselves way too seriously, I love that you can do it in a witty and winsome way to remind us, you know, hey, let's lighten up a little bit. Yeah, there's things to be afraid of, but you know, even in your last section, you know, you talked, and I don't want to, I don't want to give it away, but you know, just talking about ordinary life, right? That's the greatest challenge that we all face. Yeah, it really is, and you don't realize how hard it is until you look back. Like we we recently got all of our kids out of diapers, and I look back sometimes, it's like, man, we for years we had two kids at a time in diapers. How did we do that? Because we had, we watched somebody, uh, a friend's kid who was in diapers for one night. It's like, boy, this is weird. This is a lot of work. But when it's your own, when you're in the middle of it, you don't even think about it. You just do it because that's what you do to survive. And I think uh, I think the key to survival for any parent is just a a real lack of introspection. You don't think about it until long after it's over. Because if you thought about it beforehand, none of 
of us would do it. We would we would all stop reproducing and the human race would come to an end. Ain't that the truth? So yeah, so really it's a blessing. Our ignorance. <laughs> our ignorance is bliss. Yes, very much. So that's the motto of parents everywhere. Uh yes. So James Tell us how people can get a hold of you because I, I think I alluded to shamelessly plugging your your newsletter. I want to call it a blog. I'm not sure what you consider it, but um, I know people that want to read this. I just know it. I'm just telling you, even if you don't know it, you need to read James's stuff. So how can they find you? How can they get your newsletter? How can they how can they get this book? Well, just my web- tell us. Yeah. My website is explodingunicorn.com. And if you go there, there should be a button to sign up for the email list as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Exploding Unicorn without the E. I'm on Facebook as Exploding Unicorn. And the book, again, is called How to Save Your Child from Ostrich Attacks, Accidental Time Travel, and Anything Else That Might Happen on an Average Tuesday. And that's available. Uh, it'll be available November 5th wherever books are sold. And if you buy it online, it might ship a little early. If you do pre-order, there was uh, about 8,000 words I had to cut. They were great, wonderful words, but they just couldn't fit in and keep the book uh, at a reasonable cost to print. So if you pre-order and you enter it on my website, uh, howtosaveyourchildbook.com, then uh, then you get those extra 31 pages for zero extra dollars. That's uh, that's my kind of price point. And that's a good deal at any price. So and that's what this book is. It's just it's just fun, and we need fun. So thank you for writing it. Thank you for the tips, and thank you most of all for sharing that heartwarming bear story. <laughs> I am so excited that people followed me every step of the way. When I started that, I'm like, what's going to happen with this? Is, is this what's, what what's finally is going to turn the internet against me? And it wasn't. It was what brought the internet together. I think everybody on some level just wants to give their sibling a seven-foot-tall bear at a wedding. I think that's yes. what I discovered. I think it's something we can all rally around. And I have to say, our little Isle of Misfits, and yes, even the world is a better place for it. <laughs> I hope so. For everyone but the bear. And even the bear. He's, he's classy now. He is. He's got a, does he still have the tux? Oh, yes. That, that's never coming off. It is, it, it is on him. It is straightened up. It is cleaned. He is, he is probably the classiest bear in the world. He's good to go. Yeah. All right. Well, James, thanks so much for joining us today. I really had a great uh, great time talking with you, and I look forward, hopefully, to, well, for sure, hearing more adventures in your weekly updates, and I look forward to your next book. I know you have one coming out pretty, like, in 2020, right? In- I yeah, thought yeah, I saw something. Yeah, there's a guided journal coming out in uh, at the start of 2020, and then there's a... Uh, uh, activity book coming out at the end of 2020. So I've got some, I've been writing all these books for parents about kids, and now I've got two books coming out for kids. Looking forward to that. Well, thank you so much for having me. I uh, Maybe we can make this an annual thing. Pencil me in for October of next year. Love it. Love it. Okay, I'll, I will start working on the stupid game right now and have it well-crafted by the next time we talk. Awesome. All right. Well, take care, James. All right. Later. The name of that book, once again, Ostrich Attacks, Accidental Time Travel, and anything else that might happen on an average Tuesday. I hear if you say it three times fast, they'll give you some kind of discount. No, I'm actually making that up. But what I'm not making up is that it's available now, as in right now. So what are you doing here? Go get it. You can find it wherever you get your books, or I'm sure he'd especially love it if you paid him a little visit at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding, no E, just exploding. You figure it out. You can also follow him by the same name on Twitter and Instagram. 
get the newsletter. It's hilarious. Seriously, I do not lie about such things. And as long as I'm not making stuff up, I'm also dead serious that you can subscribe to these here podcasts on iTunes or better yet, follow me at isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com. And you'll not only get the podcast, but a blog post here and there, and who knows what other fun and random stuff we have going on. It's been a while since I've given anything away, but Christmas is a coming, so you want to be in it to win it, my friend. Follow away and tell your friends so we can grow this here little community of people who are owning their awkward, loving their fellow misfit, and seeking beauty and truth everywhere.